This is Gotmoke. My name is Moke. You can find me at Gotmoke on Twitter. This is episode three of my podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This week, I catch up with Matt from Tall Can Audio, and we talk a little bit about what's gone on in the NHL the last couple of weeks and discuss a little bit of how COVID's affected sports. Here's that conversation. Sweet. So joining me on the line, we have Matt from the Tall Can Podcast. And in honor of that, I've got a crack open a Bose lug trap. How are you doing today? <laughs> That's funny, man. That's exactly what I'm drinking, although I got the bottle over here. Okay, perfect. Honestly, the bottle's way better. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's a little oversized, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no worries. One of the main reasons why I wanted to get you on today was because you're a Leaf fan and I was looking to get a little bit of an outside perspective on certain things that have happened in the last couple of weeks here. Sure. Yeah. So not to kind of overdo this conversation because it's been all the talk all this week, but in terms of the draft lottery, I have seen you tweet out certain things that I've really agreed with in terms of the placeholder team getting that first overall pick. So I was just wondering if you could share some of your thoughts on that. Yeah. You know, I guess for me, the only thing I, I really take issue with from the NHL in how this has played out is I wish they'd have just waited until the play in round was finished. And then I think people would be far less upset about this because I do understand being frustrated that we have this mystery team, but in terms of the fact that, um, not one of the bottom teams has that pick that could have happened in any season, in my opinion. Right. So, um, last year, the 12th place Chicago Blackhawks won the lottery and moved up to third, uh, this year it, it team E I think is, is who won it coming out of, uh, um, you know, the lottery they had, that was, would have again been the 12th place team that would have been Winnipeg. So they would have moved up. And I think had we not had this kind of, weird two segmented version of this people would be less upset you'd still be disappointed that your team didn't get the team but there'd be less of this ah that's so nhl we still don't even know who i i I just think that um you know we have 16 teams that are about to play to get into the playoffs and then when that's done we'll have eight teams that didn't make the playoffs and then just like any other year they should be in the draft lottery in my opinion yeah and i completely agree Obviously, from my perspective as a Sens fan, there was a lot of disappointment, not necessarily where Ottawa's picking, but to kind of see that a team that has an opportunity to get into the playoffs also has that opportunity at the first overall pick. Sure. But like you said, it is going to end up being like every other year. It is the closest kind of set of rules that they could have made this year. Yeah, they just did it out of order, and that's what's yeah. made it so weird, right? Like... Uh if you'd have just waited until some of these teams had been eliminated from going to the playoffs, then no one would take issue with it. But right now you've set it up that a team who has a chance to make it could still get it. It's, it's strange. Yeah. And one of the teams that does come to mind that is having an opportunity in the playing round is Montreal. Do you think that they could honestly just go into this whole pre playoff round and then just kind of go through the motions and hope, of getting this first overall pick yeah i mean there's been a lot of talk about whether it's worth it now to tank but let's say montreal did do that and i mean it's not you know could they dress a subpar lineup or something i suppose um we'll, we're still gonna see which teams or which players decide they don't want to be a part of this right i know max domi obviously one of their top offensive guys uh is diabetic does he decide this isn't worth it right which would be well within his rights to do mm-hmm. um but I have a really hard time convincing myself that the players on the ice won't give a hundred percent. 
um, in favor of, of losing out. Cause even once you do that, you still only have a 12% chance then of, uh, of getting that first overall pick. Now, maybe for Montreal by themselves, like maybe they would be the only team where that is worth it to take a shot, right? This, this Lafreniere kid looks like the real deal and it would be a huge deal in Montreal if they could na- uh, land the next French Canadian superstar. So maybe they would be the one team where you'd consider it, but I, I just don't see it, right? I just can't see where the players would be willing to just come back, go through all this crap, go through a training camp, head off to this bubble and then just dog it for three games and head home again. Right. It seems like a lot of work for not much reward. Yeah, exactly. And in terms of like some of the higher teams that people are worried about in that, like Toronto and Pittsburgh, I really don't see a scenario in which they don't get past this play in round. Realistically, those are going to be the teams that really want to win. I would think anyway, Uh, as a Toronto fan, I can tell you, I guess it's nice to have a, if we were to lose to Columbus, because Columbus is going to be a tough matchup for Toronto, right? They're very physical. They're, they're almost like Boston light and everyone knows how we've done against Boston. Uh, yeah. So, and we saw what Columbus did last year too. To that, Tampa. No, that's right. And, and Tampa is Toronto, but better, right? Like, so this might be not a good matchup for us, but, I, but I hear what you're saying. Um, Toronto's window is open. Now they've spent all these money on these guys. You're not going to waste, you know, most of the guys are still young, but guys like Tavares, uh, getting a little bit older, right? Uh, someone like Freddie Anderson, you don't have under contract for a whole lot longer. I can't possibly see them wanting to waste an opportunity. If they can go deep, they're going to try like hell to go deep. And then I guess if, if you know, Columbus were to knock them out, then, um, you know, you have that in your back pocket that uh, you'll have a chance at something else. But I, I can't imagine that um, that they won't be going whole hog. And same with Pittsburgh, right? Like the, all the, that core is built to win now. They're going to be going hard for it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, initially on Twitter, like, after that draft lottery happened, just seeing, like, people put up their lineups with Lafreniere included on the top line with, like, Crosby and whatnot. Hilarious, man. Yeah, it yeah, is like... hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't imagine any well, fan base. Edmonton's the worst one, is it? Like, they're, oh, yeah. they kept getting all those first overall picks, and now maybe you'd run a line out there, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Lafreniere. Like, good luck, right? Like, yeah, seriously. Scary, man. And then they'd still have problems on defense and wouldn't yeah, do well. well, but... <laughs> it's true true and if you're a team like buffalo here that kind of was just outside of that playoff mark and uh did not get that first overall pick in the draft lottery you got to be a little bit uh, i guess a little bit frustrated that you not only don't get a shot in the playoffs but you also didn't even get close to that first overall yeah they got hosed right because um my understanding and i don't have it right in front of me but i believe going into the last night of the season buffalo or the night where everything got shut down and got canceled buffalo was going to play montreal and had they won that game um because they also had a game in hand they would have moved ahead of montreal in the standings and thus they would be in this play in and montreal would be out um so here uh it's uh sabers are 69 games montreal 79 games and sabers are three points back Okay, so I'm a little bit off, but yeah, you, they were right there, right? They were right there, and so now you don't get into that, and you like I've seen some sarcastic Sabres fans, and I can't blame them, right? Like on Twitter, being like, "Jesus, even though they expanded the the playoffs to 24 teams, we still didn't get in." Yeah, and then <laughs> uh, they're now left with this, you know, total clean out of their organization, um, and they didn't get any help. Like even if they hadn't gotten 
like won the lottery and gotten the first overall pick. Like if they could have even gotten up into the top five, right? Like just give those fans something to get excited about. But it's, they've just taken a shit kicking now for as long as I can remember. Yeah, no doubt. Like it's, they're, uh, I guess they got that one first overall pick uh, with Darlene. But uh, before That's that, uh, in the McDavid year, if I remember correctly, they were at the very bottom of the standings and Edmonton jumped up to get that first overall. Yeah, yeah no, Buffalo had the best shot at it. And I remember... Uh, a game late in the year, Buffalo playing Arizona. And those two teams were tanking the hardest, trying to get McDavid. And when Arizona, the game was in Buffalo, and when Arizona scored in overtime to win the game, the fans cheered because yeah. <laughs> they didn't want the second point, right? So, like, what are we even doing here? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And one of the things I wanted to bring up here is, do you think that the draft lottery has to kind of change a little bit? Because even though we've got it in a lottery system to try and prevent tanking. It's pretty obvious that a lot of teams still do the tanking thing. Yep. Um, Yes, I do. And I guess um, like we talked about that on my show, not too long ago that I'm totally in favor of, of changing the system. If people aren't happy with it, I just wasn't prepared to do it this year, right? We'd finished 85% of the year. You don't now just change things just because it didn't, you know, end the way people wanted so I think we had to do it one more time this way. But now I'm totally fine if people want to change. And you know what the system um, that I like the most is, and you don't hear it talked about a whole lot, is most points after you're mathematically eliminated. So in theory, Detroit this year was just awful, right? So let's say, and I don't have it, but let's say they were mathematically eliminated on March 1st. They have six weeks to rack up as many points as they can. Now they're still a bad team. So maybe they only win four or five games in that six weeks. I I don't know. Right. But there's 10 points that they've racked up. Let's say Montreal misses in the last week of the playoffs and they get, they win their last game and they get two points. You can kind of start to set it up, right? Like Detroit in theory had the most time to gain points. They have 10 points. They get the first overall pick and everybody in between who, you know, the, the later you're eliminated, in theory, means the better team you are and the less time you have to gain those points. So that's a system that I like, but I have no real issue with moving forward if people want to change it. But anything to deter teams from tanking would be better for me. And I think that system that I, I laid out there that I like incentivizes teams to keep trying, at least for the fans in the building and your season ticket holders, your TV guys, you know, you got to stop teams from tanking. and so to go, okay, now you're out. Let's see how many points you can get forces teams to keep trying. And I, I would like to see that more, I think. Yeah. And as an Ottawa fan, I've seen it where my team has not necessarily tried to tank and they've just been god awful at the bottom <laughs> of the standings. Yeah. But at the same time, like after uh, a few as a blue guy, I am here. familiar with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've seen that phenomenon play out closer to my team, right? So. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah. But uh, especially like after the trade deadline, you just see all these teams sell off all their star players yep. to the point where it's basically an American Hockey League lineup. It is. So, and uh, your season like ticket that. holders get screwed, right? Like uh, I paid for 80 or 41 games of NHL hockey. The last 10 here are going to be just trash. Like, I, yeah. And from a broadcaster's perspective where you have to watch all these games, it's just got to be mind-numbingly boring too. Mm. Honestly, right? Like it, it almost becomes like any other job at that point. You almost hate going to work. So, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, in terms of 
where the NHL did place the draft lottery this year, I cannot help but feel like it had something to do with them trying to piggyback off of what the NFL did with their draft. I think you're right. When it became clear that people were not interested in having the draft before the season was done, they decided, okay, what's the next best thing we can just shoe in here? Yep. No, I think that's true. The problem that they run into is people across the NHL, like even your most hardcore hockey fans, don't know junior hockey prospects the way that Americans who love the NFL know NCAA college players, right? The the NCAA is a monster and your hardcore football fans, they know all these college kids. They know who these guys are when the draft comes around. And we really only know, you know, if you're, a, you know, here in town, if you're a 67s fans, you know who Rossi is, right? Like, you know who some of these guys are, but you don't know, other than maybe the top two or three WHL guys, QMJHL guys. And so it doesn't have, in my opinion, it doesn't have the same pull that um, the NCAA brings to the NFL draft. And so I totally understand they wanted to create a buzz for some of these teams that aren't going into this play in round and, and going to be part of these bubbles. They wanted to create some sort of an event, but hockey's already on such a, so much smaller of a scale than the NFL. And then you combine that with the familiarity that we have with, I don't know, Lethbridge's third line left winger. Like I, I have no idea. Right. So it's just not the same broadcast, but they tried. And it just, it, in my opinion, it just didn't really work. Yeah. I, I could definitely name some people on Twitter that like to think they know everything about no, every for, prospect. But. Twitter is a crazy <laughs> place to, to try and evaluate the real world from, right? Like it's, yeah, uh, exactly. but no, but no, you're right. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the, playoff format that they came up with what are your thoughts there i can't help but feel like they did it in the longest possible form they could have come (laughs) up with and like i don't know i feel like there were too many teams as well because going back to like montreal at no point were they ever a playoff team this year they sold at the deadline yeah yeah so they had already admitted we're done right um yeah i think it's too many i do think you probably had to expand it from the 16 because it was too much like just obviously from my very leaf centric point of view, Florida was, I think only three points behind Toronto at the time that they shut it down with a game in hand. It's not fair to say to Florida, sorry, man, like you're out. Um, So you had to expand it a bit. I think 20 teams probably would have been better, but this is, this is all about recapping as much money as you can. Right. And so, Um, You want to get your broadcasters paid out. You want to get as much ad money as you can. And if that's what you're doing, you want Chicago, you want Montreal, right? You want to get into these hardcore markets and see if you can get them. You know what I'm saying? Right? Like get them interested as well. And, and this is all about money, right? So, and and that makes sense, right? Everybody gets hurt, but when, uh, because it's a, a cap league and the salaries and everything are tied to revenue, the players want to get back or most of them want to get back and, and playing and try and mitigate as much of that damage as possible. So yeah, you want Montreal, you want the New York Rangers, you want the Chicago Blackhawks. And I think in terms of a competitive balance sense, it's too many, but in a business sense, I, I see why they did it. Yeah, exactly. 
And you have to feel like they saw the opportunity with COVID going on that they could get like a ton of viewers in on yep. those games too. Agreed. I'm actually looking forward to it. Like they're going to fire this up on the first of assuming we get to this bubble safely. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to it, right? There's nothing wrong with a, a night at the cottage, sitting outside on the deck, barbecuing and watching hockey in August. Uh, it's going to be a little weird, but I got time for that, right? Hanging out by yeah. the lake, watching <laughs> some hockey and, and maybe baseball be back on. Like I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, for my own selfish reasons, I'm, like, all for it. And, I mean, if I made time for the draft lottery, I could probably make sure. time for some meaningful <laughs> stuff, too, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, in terms of, like, a, the COVID outbreak that did happen here in St. Louis with them straight-up canceling practice and a few weeks back with in uh, Tampa where they had a bunch of players test positive, mm-hmm. do you feel like we are going to get to these bubbles safely? Or what's oh, going to happen? Oh, man. Um... I think so. I think they've put enough time and money and effort into this. And we're still waiting um, for them to make this new CBA official. And it's all tied to this return to play, right? Like it's all intertwined now. Both sides want to know we're going forward with this. And, you know, there's a ton of damage done to the league. We're both going to feel that. But as it grows, we'll both benefit from that. I think barring some like massive thing where like half the teams have like nine guys testing positive at the door of the bubble. I think they're going to try and do this and and I think they'll get there, but I am, I'm concerned. Like you said, it, it was just Friday, I guess that the blues announced they were shutting down things because they had had a bit of an outbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think once they get to the bubble, they'll be okay. Like they'll be able to control this as well as, as anywhere else, right? Like they'll be able to keep this under control, but you got like three and a half weeks before that, where everyone are going to their own team's home markets and you're not quarantined there, right? You go to practice and then you go home and then maybe your wife asks you to go out and pick up some groceries and then you go home and then like, who knows what's happening? You know, maybe some of the guys are going out at night. Um, I got to tell you, it'd be hard if you knew that you were flying off to Toronto or Edmonton and you were going to be completely quarantined and locked in a bubble for upwards of two months to maybe not go out for a couple of nights, right? And live life a little bit. I think it's going to be tempting for a lot of these guys. I I think if they can get to the bubble, they'll get this done. But I do think we're going to see some things here over the next couple of weeks, higher numbers than people are prepared for. Yeah. And in terms of both of those uh, bubbles being in Canada here, Obviously, Canada's numbers are a little bit lower. Do you think that's going to affect uh, people in Toronto and Edmonton? Do you think like there's going to be a little bit of a spike once these NHL players come in? Or, uh, Maybe. It is something I've thought about, and I certainly understand why people are concerned about it. At the same time, if they keep this bubble as tight as, as they say they're going to, um, I'm not really... that. The, the big thing for me will be within the first week or so, right? Because after that... It, it'll be self-contained. Um, like if you didn't have a big outbreak in the first week or so, in theory, you really shouldn't have one at all because Toronto and Edmonton, their numbers are getting better and better. Um, if you have one early, it's because someone brought it from wherever they came from. And now you have a problem right now. Maybe it gets passed around through the bubble. And I don't really expect it to have a huge impact on the numbers in Toronto and Edmonton. I get why it's a concern. Um, and I've said on our show a few times, like, 
as a Leaf guy, it meant nothing to me that these games were going to be played in Toronto. Like nobody can go. It you're going to be watching them on TV in empty arenas, no matter where it is. So who cares, right? Like just get yeah. them to the safest place they can. And but there was a lot of people on both sides that were like in Toronto and Edmonton. Go no, we it has to be in my city. My city's great. You're like all right, man. Like that's sure. your call, I guess. Yeah. I mean, so, I feel like that's maybe some money for the government and maybe sure. the teams that own the arenas. But I'm yeah, no, and, <laughs> and there is a little bit of money in the sense that, you know, you're renting out these hotels and and some, ho- you know, hospitality workers will get paid again. And that's all great. But I don't think that was it for a lot of people. I think a lot of hockey fans are just like, no, you must acknowledge my city. And you're like, <laughs> all right, like whatever you want. But like for half of the, I, I know I'm rambling a little bit, but oh, no worries. Like, like if I'm Tampa, I'm calling, I, I don't know, I, I mentioned Lethbridge earlier or Moose Jaw or Sudbury or something. Can we have our camp in your junior arena? Can we get the hell out of Arizona, right? Out of Tampa or Miami or whatever. And those cities, I, I would say no if I was them. But if I'm those teams, I'm asking, right? Like, can we get out of here and have our camps in? Like Toronto tried like hell in baseball. The Blue Jays did not want to be having their camps in in Dunedin. They were trying hard to get to the Dome. And I think some of these hockey teams would have been smart to think similarly. See if you can find a low um, infection rate place that will let you in and practice there and, and hopefully get yourself to the bubble that way. I don't know whether that's feasible or not, but I, I, I'd have been trying it. Yeah, I, actually, as you were saying that, I was thinking about like in Tampa specifically, like you had to think that maybe those teams maybe didn't necessarily want to do their camps in Tampa. Like, no, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't want to if I'm a player, especially if I'm coming from overseas. That's right. like, the last place I want to go to. Well, and like the, a, a day or two after Tampa closed their rink because they had an outbreak, um, the NHL announced that they were moving to phase two or whatever it was where you could go from um having six players on the ice together up to 12 and steven stamkos quote tweeted that announcement with just you know the eyes emoji like are you serious right like yeah. we just had an outbreak <laughs> you're doubling the numbers like so it's gonna well, be interesting yeah and obviously we saw the results of that a couple days ago in st louis too so we did yeah no for sure man uh so how's the, how's the lug tread treating you over there Oh, it's great. I'm about halfway through it, actually. Yeah, no, exactly. Me too, man. It's a nice beer here from the uh, the area, and I like to try a bunch of the different breweries on our show. That's what we do over at Tall Can Audio, but mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, this one I hadn't had in a while. I've circled back to and uh, grabbed a couple of bottles the last time here, and it, all, it always treats me good, man. Yeah, it's definitely one of my go-tos whenever I go to the bar. I try to get a nice pint of Bose. So. Nice, man. Yeah, it's a good call. So in terms of like NBA, CFL, uh, what do you think is going to happen there? Do you think both of those are going to go through? Or <laughs> I think the NBA, I think initially when the NBA made their pitch, we're going to Disney World, we're going to lock it all down. I thought it was brilliant. I thought if you could get into one place, lots of hotels, keep it completely to yourself. I thought they had the best chance of anybody of getting it done. And now I'm just like, oh my God, I can't imagine convincing anyone to go to Florida right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's probably too late to change their plans. I don't know that, but that would be my guess. Yeah, I think they're about 50 million into it. So. Yeah, so you're locked in, right? Um, the CFL, I have no idea. Uh, we had Chris Hoffley from Oseg on our show not too long ago, and I just straight out asked him, I said, like, do you expect to see football? And he was saying, he just said, I, 
you know, flip of the coin at this point. And, you know, there was some rumors this week. Maybe they'll end up in um, Winnipeg as, as a bubble there. The numbers are well under control. But, again, the the CFL doesn't have the same money of even the NHL to lock it down, book all these hotels. You know, traveling parties for a football team are like twice or three times the size of a hockey team. Yeah, uh, There is fewer teams, but, you know, do the people of Winnipeg want 60 football players rolling per team rolling into their uh, uh, city? I, I don't think, if you forced me to pick a side, I don't think you're going to see the CFL this year. I just yeah. think the TV money isn't quite enough to make it worthwhile. And um, I don't know what that means for the league moving forward. Like they can't afford really to be missing time like this, but I just don't see how they can get it done unless TSN were to decide because they're about to go into a spot TSN where, um, you know, Sportsnet's going to be killing it with the Blue Jays and the NHL and TSN's left with nothing. Is it worth it to them to pour a couple extra million into that TV deal for this year to get it done um, so they have some sort of programming? That would be my only way that I think you see the CFL this year. I hope I'm wrong. I really want to see football this year, but I just, the, there's not enough money in the system to sustain uh, the cost that this is going to demand. Yeah, it is pretty unfortunate. As a Red Blacks fan, I was really excited to see Nick Arbuckle this Me too. year. Yeah. And uh, I just have to think too, like in terms of the CFL, a lot of your better players do come from the USA. Are they even going to be interested in coming up to play this right. year? Like, <laughs> Like, yeah, exactly, because you're going to ask them to take a huge cut out of their salary, which already isn't near what other pro athletes make. You know, it sounds silly, but are you better off working for your father-in-law's car dealership for the rest of the summer than coming up and putting your, you know, your health at risk in theory when you come and do this? Uh, I I don't know. I I think there's a lot to be unpacked there. Like I said, I hope I'm wrong. I just, I can't, I can't see it making sense for the yeah. cfl yeah i definitely agree and I, I know that a lot of players who do come from the states it is like a major pay cut in order to come and play yeah it is more just for the love of doing it for sure agreed yeah and back to nba there um did disney world end up opening i know the economy opened like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i think i saw the same thing when i first saw that nba plan that they were going to disney world I was under the impression that meant the park would stay closed. And I don't think it was much longer after that that they announced they were going to reopen it. Now, um, with how things have gone down there, is it closed again? I I don't know. Um, But even if it's open, I know they were going to be kind of boxed off over at the ESPN zone. You'd have a couple of courts. Um, Two or three Disney hotels would be locked down for just the NBA. And then I think it's been a long time since I've been to Disney, but I think they have like a golf course that was also promised for just the NBA. So the guys can get out and and be a little more active. My thing, I thought it'd be really cool when I thought the park was going to stay closed to move those courts around, right? Like, you know, they have that big castle, like put one in front of that. That'd be a cool backdrop for the TV audience, put one in front of space mountain or something like I Could you have a little fun with it? But I mean, if the park's open, obviously you can't do that kind of stuff, but I thought, you know, it's nothing to throw down a basketball court literally anywhere you wanted to do it and if there's no fans coming you mount some tv cameras and you could have some really cool backdrops yeah definitely and i, I guess that means like all these courts would be outdoors as well or 
Well, in my crazy ass plan, yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm all for that plan. Sure. Awesome Ray, so. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I assume they will actually do whatever they call them, like those almost inflatable indoor domes, right? Like, yeah. Have, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like where it's just kind of air pressure controlled and um, is my guess, but I, I, that's all it is, the guess. Yeah, we, I think we got one of those here in Ottawa, like Green Bank and Hunt Club, like Ben Franklin Dome, whatever. They yeah, and there's, one there. over, there's one over at the RA Centre, um, I believe, um, just off or just north of baseline a little bit. And it's, it's again, like it's just and I think that's half of how BC Place works in, in Vancouver is there's just however the science goes on, it's just some air pushing up that holds this like kind of inflatable dome up above you. So, um, I, you know, it'd be easy enough to throw some big tents up over the whatever yeah. at this yeah. nba uh because it does rain a lot <laughs> in the afternoon right so they probably have to prepare for that as well so oh, yeah. i mean it's a big ugly dome but uh, yeah if no, we can get some sure. basketball out of it i'm all for it no exactly want to see the raps defend the title here so yeah exactly unfortunately i feel like Kawhi might well double it but it was I'm a bit of it. the raptors yeah <laughs> he was a key part of that but we'll see how it goes yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> Sweet. So I think that's all uh, the questions I had on my end. Was there anything else you wanted to add here? I guess since I got you here, I'd be curious your take on Alfie, whether, you know, he missed out on the Hall of Fame. Um, for me, because I feel like the Hockey Hall of Fame is already just the Hall of Very Good, I don't have a huge problem if they put him in. But if if we were trying to hold this to a typical Hall of Fame standard, I... I don't see him as a Hall of Fame guy. Didn't hit 500 goals, wasn't a point a game. Um, but I think you could make a pretty comparable argument for Sundin that maybe he doesn't belong in there. So I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'd just be curious whether you thought he was robbed or whether you think he's going to get in one of these days or what your take was. Well, I, I think this year he definitely was robbed a little bit. Yeah. Um, I do feel like he is kind of in that same zone as like a Matt Sundin in terms of he, it could go either way, but yep. if you're going to put a guy like Sundin and some of the other guys that got in, he probably should be in there eventually. Sure. Um, I did have a bit of a problem with the Kevin Lowe thing in terms of, Oh man, I understand <laughs> he was a very like winning guy, but on my last podcast, I actually brought up, well, Chris Kunitz is a four time Stanley cup yep. winner and he has a gold medal. So are we going to put him in there? Right. As well, just because of that. Like Kevin so, Lowe is like the fifth or sixth best player on any of those Oilers teams. And I, yeah, I and guess it was the top six on most of those teams. So right. it's like, well, <laughs> you get enough rings. I guess they just, it's who your buddies with, right? Like it's who knows yeah. you. It's who you're Kevin Lowe's in because he organized team dinners for all those Oilers teams. <laughs> <laughs> what happened, so. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, my hope is one of these years, uh, Alfredson does get a little bit of a push, but, uh, in terms of what the hockey hall of fame is it's it's gotten a little bit too political and it's all behind closed doors oh, i hate that like when i hear uh, pierre mcguire talk about what goes on on the radio i just imagine a bunch of white guys in robes sitting around like some candles <laughs> and like burning some pieces of paper of who gets it's, in. it's like, like the stone cutters <laughs> from the simpsons right yeah exactly <laughs> so anyways they gotta i think the hockey hall of fame needs to kind of change up a little bit, but I don't know if there's going to be much of a push for that to happen yeah. outside of Ottawa. No, so. I loved, I loved that the baseball hall of fame made their ballots public now. Like it's all writers who vote and it's going to be made public. So if you're going to be a dink, everyone's going to see it. And I think that causes people to maybe vote a little more smartly and you, you vouch less for your buddies and more for 
you know, knowing that the whole world's going to see it. And as long as this hockey one is going to continue to be this cloak and dagger behind closed doors thing, it's always going to be a mess. Yeah. And it, a lot of it's the same thing with the, the awards. I know with the awards, like the NHL awards at the end of the year, it's a little bit more public, but it got very political in that, you know, Drew Doughty could just say, I want this award. And then he gets that award at the end of the year. So, <laughs> I mean, is it just a matter of like when Drew Doughty comes up, does he just say, I want to get in and then he gets in? Is that how it works too? Like, <laughs> kind of sounds like, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It's, 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 it's not good. And then there's still kind of this good old boys club around hockey that needs to be broken up and oh, at least made a little more transparent. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. So sweet. Uh, I appreciate uh, you taking the time here. I hope you enjoyed your lug tread. Absolutely, man. Yeah, it was a little uh, strange that we both chose the same one. But, uh, you know, if you'll allow me to get a quick plug in, that's kind of what we do over on our show at Tall Can Audio, where it's it's a different craft beer and then some pub talk, some sports talk, uh, whatever's going on that week. So uh, it was fun to come and do this with you, man. Good luck with the show. I, I did catch the uh, I didn't catch the first episode. I caught the second one. Um, and, uh, and I enjoyed it. So, you know, continued success. Sweet. I appreciate that a lot. And you're also a really awesome follow on Twitter. If you wanted to <laughs> plug any of that as well. <laughs> we're, uh, yeah, sure. We're at tall can audio on Twitter. We're also at tall can audio on Instagram. That's where we throw up a lot of the different craft beers that my co-host Rob and I are trying, um, for people just so that they can kind of recognize the can if they're out and about and see it somewhere. And it's always, well, it's almost always local stuff from just here in the Ottawa market. So uh, we like to support the local guys. And every now and then we have the the local brewers who are doing it on as well to talk about, uh, you know, their own product and then talk sports with them if they're into that sort of thing. So uh, at Tall Can Audio on Twitter, at Tall Can Audio on Instagram. And uh, if you're still one of those Facebook people where we're still hanging around a little bit, it's facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio. So appreciate you letting me plug that stuff. Yeah, no worries. Thank you very much for the time. And uh Hopefully, at some point, we can go grab a Bose lug tread together. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great, man. And uh, anytime you want to do this, uh, I'm down. So appreciate you having me on. Sweet. Thank you. And that's all I've got for today. Thank you guys for tuning in. Special thanks to Matt from Tall Can Audio for hopping onto the pod with me today. I really encourage everybody to give his podcast a listen. It's a lot of great sports and beer talk. It's a lot of fun. Give me a follow on Twitter at GotMoke. And until next week, stay kind to one another. Thank you.